You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Well, are you ready for the Word of God, yes or no? All right. Turn me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Today I'm going to be talking about obedience. Don't shout me down. (laughs) Today the title of the message is Obedience. Don't you love little newborn babies? I love those newborn babies. They're so precious. They're so wonderful. We have a few of them here in our church now. And we just love holding those newborn babies. And you bring them to church. You bring them around people. And everybody's just loving on them, going, ooh, you know. And, and they're so pretty. Look at all that hair. You know, oh, he looks like dad. You know, oh, he looks like mom. And, and we're just, we're just, What's the word I'm looking for? We're just oozing over these newborn babies. But don't you know these newborn babies have to learn obedience? Any of you not have to teach your children how to obey? <laughs> Did any of you, your children were perfect when, they're, when they were growing up and you never had to correct them? Is there anybody here that did not have to? Oh, son, put your hand down. You're wrong, man. <laughs> I'll remind you later. <laughs> well, they had to learn obedience. You know, last, last week, Pastor Andy talked about, and it was his second point, and he referred to Luke chapter 22 and verse 42 where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying. You know, he was agonizing there. He, he sweat drops of blood, and he was agonizing there, and he, he was saying, Father, he was in prayer to his heavenly Father, and he was saying, Father, if there is any way possible, let the, can this cup pass for me? If, if there's any other way than me dying on the cross, let it pass for me. And, and God, he heard from his father, and his father said, no, this is the way. And Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will be done. Your will be done, Father. He said, not my will, God. Your will be done. And, and one of the things that Pastor Andy said last week that I wrote down in my notes, and I wrote it down here, it says, my decisions are not my own. The decisions of my life are not my own. That our priorities, our first priority is pleasing God and obeying God. And so today we're going to talk about obedience. Did you know the writer of the book of Hebrews, which if you look in your Bible that they don't put who the author is like they do in many other books of the Bible. They don't name the author of Hebrews because they're not really sure yet who the author is. But the writer of Hebrews talked about this moment when Jesus was in the garden. And listen to what he said in Hebrews 5, 7, and 8. He said, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and, and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, look at this, these next three words. He learned obedience from the things he suffered. Wow. He learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Learning obedience. Jesus had to learn obedience even in that moment in the garden where he was, Father, if there's any other way, in that moment when he was agonizing, he had to say, Father, 
I'm going to obey you. I'm going to obey you. Did you know Jesus taught his disciples obedience as well before this took place? And in Luke chapter 5, where our text is, Luke 5, 1 through 11, we're going to look at an interesting story here. And follow along. We're going to read all 11 verses. Follow along with me. It says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. I don't know who brought the boat today that I saw out here in the parking lot, but thank you for confirming the word of God to me today. <laughs> when I walked out of the office across the street, I looked, saw that boat and I said, yes, Lord, there's a boat there. <laughs> he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in, in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am a, I, I, I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught and were... The, and, and, and were the others with him. His parents, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Some important points just to remember of when it comes to obedience and, and, and when we talk obedience. How many of you, when you hear the word obedience, you just go, Oh, you know, sometimes we struggle with that word so much. We struggle with the word obedience so much. When really, I think if we would truly understand when it comes to our relationship with God, that obedience is a place of safety. Then when God gives us some instructions from his word, when he speaks to us, that's why this series that we're going to be starting on Wednesday night is so important to hear God's voice. That when God speaks to us, we hear his voice and we obey. It's because God has a purpose. God has a reason for our obedience that's for our good. <laughs> it's for our good. Please listen to me. Many times we equate obedience with punishment for some reason. Maybe it was because of the way we were, we were raised. But anytime God wants you to obey him, it's not for punishment. Your punishment for your sins was taken care of on the cross. God is never going to punish you. <laughs> because if God was punishing you for your sins right now, that would say the cross was not enough. But all, all punishment for our sins, all payment for our sins was put upon Christ on the cross. So when God wants us to obey him, it's for a good purpose. And God's not a dictator. 
whether you obey him or not, he's still God. He's still God. He doesn't need your obedience. You need your obedience for what God has for you. So obedience is a good thing when we look at that in the Scripture because God is going to lead us through that good plan that he has before, before us. But I can promise you that in that journey to fulfilling all that God has for you, there's going to be times you have to obey God when it doesn't make sense. That you need to hear his voice and obey him and follow him. But in this passage, in the above scripture, the disciples learned something important about obedience and more so for Peter, but they all learned that. And here's the first thing that they learned and we learn as well from this story is this, is that God is in relentless pursuit of us. God is in relentless pursuit of us. Think about it. Jesus didn't just accidentally show up that day and get accidentally get into Peter's boat. <laughs> he had a purpose. He was pursuing Peter. Peter was the man that was going to stand on the day of Pentecost and preach the very first gospel message after Jesus had ascended to the Father. Peter was the man that was, was very instrumental in the birth of the early church. This is, this, that all took place after, about three years after what's happening here. So Jesus didn't just accidentally show up and want to get in Peter's boat. He had a purpose for it. He was pursuing Peter. Listen, Jesus will pursue you when no one else will. <laughs> Jesus pursue, pursues you. Settle it in your heart right now. He's not rejecting you. God's pursuing you. God's pursuing you. He's in a relentless pursuit of you because he has a great plan for your life. Jesus saw something in Peter that no one else saw. And he was pursuing Peter that day. And you know what we need to do? We just really need to submit to his pursuit. Say, God, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. He's relentlessly pursuing you. Think about this scripture, John 15 and 16, that Jesus, just before he was to leave this earth, he was sitting around talking with his disciples in John 15, and look what he said. You didn't choose me. I chose you. <laughs> I love that scripture. I love that scripture. Every time the enemy tries to tell me I'm not qualified, I just speak back to him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't choose me. God chose me. And God qualifies the called. Because you know God qualifies who he chooses. It's not about your ability. It's about what God can do through you. God is in relentless pursuit of you. He said, I didn't choose you. You, I, I, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Jesus saw something in Peter that no one else saw. And Jesus sees something in you that no one else is seeing. And I, I really just, you know, what we heard from, from uh, Brother Carl 
up on, in, in the praise team earlier when he was sharing that word. That was a word of prophecy, a word of encouragement to the congregation. And, and maybe to one individual that he may have been speaking to that needed to hear what he had to say. And, and I love those moments when that's taking place, when God is speaking to us. But I really believe somebody needs to hear this is that you need to quit depending on man <laughs> for your promotion. Quit depending on man. Quit looking to man for your next step up. Quit looking to man for favor. Look to God first. God sees something in you that nobody else will. Put your hope in God. Trust in Him. He's in relentless pursuit of you. God is pursuing you. I'm so thankful that on my worst days, any of you remember your worst days? When it just seemed like everything was falling apart? I'm so thankful that when I hit rock bottom, I landed on Jesus Christ, the rock. Why? Because he was relentlessly pursuing me. And no matter the mistakes, no matter the struggles, no matter the times, listen, I'm, I made wrong decisions, God has always been there <laughs> saying, no, this way, this way, this way, this way. God can turn things around in your life not, like nobody else can. God can raise you up like nobody else can. God can promote you like nobody else can. God is in relentless pursuit of you. Put your hope in God. Man, I'm preaching 90% better than your amen, and I'm telling you. I'm, man, I promise you. Wow. On this last point, I want you to hear this. God's not going to quit on you. God's not a quitter. He's in relentless pursuit of you. Some of you here this morning have been feeling condemned, you've been feeling shame, and you feel like you're just in a place that you can't get it right. Stop trying. Stop trying to get it right in your own strength. Just bring who you are to God. Failures and all, sins and all, bring who you are to God and say, here I am, God. Take my life. You've been pursuing me. Here I am. I agree that you've been pursuing me. Here I am. Here I am. Don't let shame and guilt, don't let condemnation keep you from saying yes to God. He removes all of that from your life, not you. You can't make yourself do better. He can help you change. He helps you change. You can't change yourself. God is in pursuit of you. And God's not going to quit on you. He's not going to quit. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the second thing is this. We're talking about obedience. In God's pursuit, He uses no fish moments. He uses no fish moments. The longer the no fish moment, the more of our attention God gets. Jesus didn't accidentally show up 
after they'd fished all night and caught nothing. He showed up at just the right time, the right place. He showed up at just the right time and the right place after they'd fished all night and caught nothing. You know what happened in John chapter 21 again later before Jesus ascended to the Father? You can go there and read it later. Peter's out fishing again in a the boat. They fished all night and caught nothing. Jesus shows up again. He was in relentless pursuit of Peter, and he showed up at a no-fish moment. You've been praying and nothing happened? You've been asking God and nothing's happened? You feel like there's, it's a no-fish You're weary, you're tired, you've fished all night and caught nothing. It's almost like nothing's happened. It's almost like you've been praying to the wall. (laughs) God uses no fish moments to get our attention. He uses no fish moments to get our attention. Stop and think about it. What is it you've been praying for? Is it that loved one? that needs Jesus Christ? Have you you been praying for that husband that's lost and doesn't know Christ? Have you been praying for that wife that's lost and doesn't know Christ? Have you been praying for your finances? What is it you've been praying for? And it just doesn't seem it's happening. You've fished all night and you've caught nothing. Listen, God uses no fish moments to get our attention. And the longer the no-fish moment, the more of our attention he gets. You've been praying for direction. It just doesn't seem like you've heard anything. (laughs) What do you do in a no-fish moment? What do you do? Things to do in a no-fish moment. Number one is you review what God has already done in your life. This is very important. If you're in a no-fish moment in your life right now, you need to look back and see what God has already done in your life. And remember what he's already done. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and God will do it again. He will do it again. That's good news. You need to remember what God has done. You need to remind yourself of what God can do. Nothing's impossible with God. Remind yourself in a no-fish moment of what God can do in your life. You need to get into the Word of God. You need to read where Jesus said, nothing is impossible with God. You need to get into the Word of God. Fill yourself with this Word. Uh, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're in a no-fish moment, don't quit because God is still in relentless pursuit of you, but He's using the no-fish moment for His purpose in your life. He's getting you ready. Get full of God's Word. Stay in the Word. Don't let the enemy lie to you. How do you recognize the enemy's lies? By knowing the truth. This, the B-I-B-L-E, it's still the book for me. In that illustration that I was, oh, I was uh, on those pictures from Africa where I was up there with those pastors on the platform, one of the things that I share with, one of the statistics is this, is, is that 70% of pastors only study the Word of God for sermon preparation. And they never study it for themselves. You've got to get into this word. Every one of us. Listen, 
I'm challenging you to fall in love with your Bible again. Fall in love with your Bible again. Get into the Word of God. Whether you read it on your phone, your iPad, or on a piece of paper, get into the Word of God. Fall in love with the Word of God. Remind yourself of what God can and will do in no fish moments. Fill your life with this Bible. Wow. And then remember this in a no fish moment is that God never wastes a season in your life. He's got a purpose. God never wastes a season in your life. God's moving. God's working. In a no fish moment. Wow. God is in relentless pursuit of us. And God uses in his pursuit, he uses no fish moments. Philippians 2 and 13. See, I'm going to read two scriptures that you, you should write down. You should really write these down. And you should, and you're in a no fish moment, remember these two scriptures. This one is this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. In no fish moments, you can know that God is working in you to give you the desire to do what pleases him, to do his will. God is working in you. God is working in you in no fish moments. That's a scripture that you should, you should memorize. I should memorize. For God is working, and make it personal, for God is working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You ought to be writing that down, and you ought to take that, and you ought to memorize that. You ought to, you ought to, that's one of those verses you need to underline in your Bible, and you need to be quoting that and declaring it over your life, that God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. In no fish moments, God is working in you. And then the second scripture, Philippians 1 and 6, and I'm certain that God, who began the good work, within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God will continue his work in you. The work that he started in you, he will continue. God, like I said earlier, God will not quit on you. God will not quit on you. He is working in you. Even when you don't feel it, he's working in you. And he's using no fish moments to work in you. Remember what God has done. Remember yourself. Remind yourself of what God can do. And then remember, God doesn't waste a season. Because here, here, here it is. God is in pursuit of us and he uses no fish moments to get our attention so that he can lead us to because you say so moments. Because you say so moments. Jesus told Peter in that boat, after he'd been teaching, he said, now launch out into the deep and let, let down your clean nets. <laughs> I mean, they had been cleaning these nets, the Bible says. And Jesus just said, Peter, launch out into the deep. Peter said, Jesus, we've fished all night. He had a no-fish moment. But he said, nevertheless, it's your word. Because 
you say so, I'll do it. God is using no fish moments to lead us to moments where we say, just because you say so. Please hear what I say. God's direction in your life will not always make sense. And if you think it's going to make sense, there's a good chance that you'll miss out on what God has for you. Why is that? And this is going to sound a bit strong, but as you know, God demands faith. In everything that God asks us to do, there will always be an element of trust and faith in it. If you're looking for God to line things out so you don't feel like it's a risk, you're going to miss it. Somebody needs to hear that right now. If you're looking for God to line things out so that in your heart you don't see it as a risk, you'll miss God. Because everything that God asks us to do demands faith. It demands trust. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. <laughs> God's using no fish moments to lead us to a place to where we say, well, just because you say so, God, I'm going to do it. Just because you say so, I'll do it. Just because you say so, I'll do it. Do I, remand, do I recommend taking a leap of faith on something you hadn't heard from God? No, not at all. But when God speaks to you, it's going to require trust. It's going to require faith. <laughs> it's going to require faith. Justin, will you go ahead and come? It's going to require faith. We, in obedience, we must trust God. We must trust God. No fish moments are getting you ready for the because you say so moments. Just because you say so. I'll do it. Some of you, I want to say this kindly as gently as I can, have been trying to fit God in your box, and he won't fit. He don't fit there. And let me say, the safest place you can be is in obedience to God. That's the safest place you can be. I'm going to be obedient regardless. Please hear that. I'm going to be obedient regardless. <laughs> Everybody okay? God doesn't give suggestions. God gives commands. 
He gives commands. He doesn't give suggestions. The great commission is not the great suggestion. The great commandment that Jesus gave to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself is not a great suggestion. It's a great command. When Jesus told the disciples to launch out into the deep, he wasn't giving them a suggestion. He was giving them a command. Wow. He was giving them a command. And here's a verse you need to remember when it comes to our Heavenly Father and your relationship with Him. It's 1 John 4 and 16. It says, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God loves you. You put your trust in his love. His love. He loves you. And if, if we were to be really honest today, many of us would say we're having a struggle obeying God because we're having a struggle understanding how much he loves us. And that if we knew how much he loved us, if we really knew and understood how much he loved us, obeying him would not be a problem. God uses no fish moments to lead us to because you say so. God, just because you say, God, I done failed at this once, but because you say so, I'll do it again. God, we fished all night. I've tried this. It didn't work. But because you say so, God, I'll do it again. God, this really doesn't make sense to me, but because you say so, I'll do it. God, not, everybody, not everybody's agreeing with what you're telling me to do, but because you say so, I'll do it. That doesn't mean we're not supposed to get wise counsel because we are. But I can tell you this, that when God speaks to you, and you know God has spoke to you, and in our teaching on Wednesday nights, we'll get to where it's okay to ask God to confirm what he said to you. And when he confirms it, (laughs) there shouldn't be anybody turn you away from what God has said. Shouldn't be anybody turning you away from God has said. I made that mistake once. Cost me a lot. Shouldn't be anybody turning you away from what God has said, especially when he confirms it. God is good. And he has a great plan for your life. But it will require obedience. First of all, to the written word, this life to us. Then when God speaks to your heart to do this, do that, to obey, wow. Here's why that's so important. And we need to understand that because Jesus says so, I will obey, and I leave the results up to him. I relieve the results up to him. But because you say so moments, and here's the great part. Because you say so moments lead to boat-seeking moments. Because you say so moments when you obey leads to boat-sinking moments. (laughs) It leads to boat-sinking moments. Think about it. They caught so many fish that they, they had to call another boat in. And they both boats were sinking. Simply because Peter said, because you say so. 
Because you say so. In John chapter 21 that I refer to, they fished all night, caught nothing. Jesus, again, in relentless pursuit of Peter, shows up on the seashore, says, have you caught any fish? What was he saying to them? You've got a no fish moment. And he said, now cast your net on the other side of the boat. It was not about the other side of the boat. It was about obeying him. Because I know I have fished out in this marsh long enough with my dad to know that if I'm fishing right down from my boat and don't catch anything, I put the line on the other side of the boat, I usually don't catch anything there too. Because that's not, that's not that big a space. <laughs> it wasn't about the side of the boat. It was about obeying him. And again, they caught a great catch of fish. But hear this. Boat sinking moments are not about the fish. Because if it was about the fish, Peter would have said, oh, Jesus. He, he was a, 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 a businessman. I mean, he had a fishing business. He would have said, Jesus, we're partners. <laughs> I am going to get rich on these fish. He, he would have been trying to persuade Jesus in every way. Yeah, come on. I, I'm going to let you in on this thing. I'll give you 50%, Jesus. way. We're going to make some money. Huh. But it wasn't about the fish. When, Peter, when there was that great catch of fish, what did Peter do? He fell on his knees before Jesus in awe at the great catch of fish. And he says, I'm not worthy. Why? Because he realized there was something beyond just catching fish that moment. It was about his destiny. It was about his destiny. And in those moments, when you understand God is in relentless pursuit of you, where God is using a no-fish moment because he's leading you to because you say so moment. And then when you do what he says and God opens up the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing that's not room enough for you to receive, you'll realize it's not about the blessing. It's about the destiny that Christ has for you. Because listen, listen to what happened to this fisherman who had this great catch of fish. I, I know we've got some fishermen in this church right here. I know because every Sunday they're telling me about the fish they caught. We fishermen like to brag about the fish we caught, even the one we didn't catch. Boy, man, this thing was huge. It broke my line. We're bragging about all that stuff, man. I mean, we're telling everybody, and that's great. I love to do that stuff. I go back on my Facebook, and, man, we've caught. I put pictures all the time of the fish we've been catching because that's what we fishermen like to talk about. But listen, look at what Peter did when he got to shore. <laughs> what did he do? He forsook his nets. After a great catch of fish, he left his nets and followed Christ. Why? Because it wasn't about the fish. It was about his destiny. And God is trying to lead you to a place where you understand, and I understand, that he has a destiny for us. That it's just in those moments 
that we obey him. Even when it doesn't make sense, he has a destiny for us. He has a destiny for you. Okay, here it is. Here it is. What is God asking you to do? What is God asking you to do that you've even been struggling with? What is he asking you to do? What is that place of obedience to you? It's that little voice that's been speaking to you over and over again. And because of, because of what he's telling you to do, it just doesn't make sense. What is that place of obedience for you? Because God's trying to do something great in your life. He's trying to do something incredible in your life. You can trust him. You can trust God. Oh, but God, I've tried that before. It didn't work. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. He's faithful. He's faithful. He'll never fail you. He will never fail you. He loves you. He just wants you to obey him. He wants you to obey him. Who's here right now that you're in a no-fish moment? Just think about it. We wrap up this Sunday, this service. That you're in a no-fish moment. You've been praying and praying and praying and praying. You hadn't caught any fish. You fished all night. And I just heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me and said, some of you have even stopped fishing in your no-fish moment. You stopped praying. You stopped, you stopped seeking God. Because you just, oh, well, he must not be concerned. This must not be important to him. Or maybe you were let down in the past by something. You feel like God let you down. Let me tell you something. God never let you down. God never let you down. You may not understand everything that's happened in your life, but I can tell you. And I've been at that place where I really felt like God let me down. I felt like it. But God has never let you down. He's faithful. He loves you. His love never fails. And if you'll re-engage with God, I'm telling you this. I promise you, if you'll re-engage with God, he'll bring you from a no-fish moment to a because-you-say-so moment. And then you'll have a boat-sinking moment, but it won't be about the boat sinking. It'll be about, wow. He does have a plan for my life. This is destiny. Will you stand with me? Wow. And on this Memorial Weekend, we certainly want to honor those of your family members, not just your family members, but those in our whole country that gave their life for the freedom, for our freedom. We do honor them. We thank God for this country. And we thank God for our military men and women who have served and who have given their life on a field of battle so that you and I could be free. Is there anybody here that has a family member that 
that gave their life as a veteran? Anybody here? Thank you. Anybody else here? Do you have a family member somewhere down the line that gave their life as a veteran? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we, we thank you. We want to honor those folks, and we do honor them. We do honor them. I thank God for Memorial Weekend, and I thank God for a three-day weekend. But let's remember what it's all about. It's about honoring our fallen soldiers, the men and women who gave their life for this country, and I thank God for them. Now, how about you today? Nobody, no, 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 nobody bow your head. Nobody close your eye. We're family here. And if you're visiting with us, just know we've all lifted our hands at time, one time or another. The whole church saw it. Walked to the front, the whole church was watching. This isn't an embarrassing moment, but here's what I want to ask you. You're in a no-fish moment right now. I want you to lift your hand. Hold it up for just a second. You're in a no-fish moment. I want to give it just a moment, okay? Hold it up. Hold it up. You're in a no-fish moment. Anybody else? You're in a no-fish moment. Thank you for being honest. Anybody else? You're in a no-fish moment. I want you to join hands with your neighbor. I want to, as you're joining hands, I want to ask this question as well. Maybe you're here. I just want you to be honest. We're, we are family. And I know, I know, I know. I'm going to be a little bit transparent with you. I've, some of you have been through some great pain in this church. And I understand. I understand pain, I'm telling you. I mean, for weeks, I laid in the bed and listened to my wife cry herself to sleep. And I don't want to, I'm not embarrassing her with that. I hope I'm not. Because she was, we were just hurt. Some of you have hurt, you've hurt, you've hurt. But I'm telling you, God still has good for you. God still has good for you. And he wants to lead you out of an old fish moment. But if you're here, I want you to be really honest. And I know people are looking because we're family. I want you to be really honest. You feel like God's been speaking to you, to you something. And you've had a difficulty obeying it. I want you to lift your hand. Is anybody here? Just really be honest. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, thank you. Anybody else? You, God's been speaking to you, something to you, and you've really had a struggle disobeying, I mean, not disobeying, but obeying it. Anybody here? Thank you, sir, for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you back there. Wow. I'm praying right now great grace upon your life, great grace in God's presence to help you to obey him, to know that he loves you. He's not mad at you at all. He loves you. And on the other side of your obedience, <laughs> the other side of your obedience, I know is God's blessing for you, but remember, it's not about the blessing. It's about his destiny for you. It's about his destiny for you. Let's pray. Let's pray. I hope everyone here has your hand, can hold somebody's hand, just the touch of somebody's hand to know that we're family. And see that as the touch of God through them in your life. Because I'm really praying that the Holy Spirit will just encourage us and strengthen us. And know, remember that he's in relentless pursuit of you. Relentless pursuit of you. And those that lifted your hand for the no fish moment, get ready. Get ready. He's about to bring you to a place where you're going to say, just because you say so, Jesus, I'm going to do it. 
And those of you that have been struggling with that, just because you say so, he's going to help you. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. Trust him. Don't put your trust in man. Trust in God. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this wonderful congregation. I thank you for this lovely people. I thank you for these lovely people here. God, I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are here in this place. And right now, I even sense in my my spirit that you're bringing healing to hearts right now. Healing to hearts right now. And God, some, some people here today needed to know that you're pursuing them. You have not rejected them. You have never left them. You have never forsaken them. God, you are with them. And they needed to hear that. Father, some in the no fish moment, God, they needed to know that you're still there. That God, you're working in them. And Father, they're coming to a place where you're going to speak to them and they're going to be able to say, just because you say so, I'm going to do it. And Father, those that are struggling with that word of obedience, I pray great grace on them. God, you're a patient God, and I thank you for that. You're a, you never give up. You never quit on us. You're a patient, long-suffering God, a wonderful Father who loves us. And Father, you're not angry or mad at them. But Father, I declare great grace on their life. And Father, I declare right now that your perfected love in them is driving out all fear right now. We're not going to fear the future. We're not going to fear obeying you. We're going to obey. We're going to follow you. And I thank you, Father, for the moments of blessing that are coming in people's lives. I declare it right now. I know it's coming. And God, but may we realize it's not about the blessing. It's about following Jesus. It's about destiny. And I thank you for it. And I declare victory in Jesus' name. Victory in Jesus' name. Victory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Amen. And let's give him praise right now. God bless you.